The Evening Buzz. Live from the Shorja Children's Reading Festival. And we're back right here live at the Sharja Expo Center. This is the 14th edition of the Sharja Children's Reading Festival, a festival under the theme of Train Your Brain. Tons of activities, workshops, and even a book fair for all kinds and all ages. And one thing that I always urge about the Sharja Children Reading Festival is that it is a place not only for the youngings and families, it's for anybody who has that child wonder within them that they want to tap into, that they want to unleash. If you are curious-minded or you have that enthusiasm for the art, for animation, for reading, for writing, then come on down to Sharjah Expo Center, which is going on until the 14th of May. And what's interesting about the 14th edition of this event is that we have just finally hosted our first ever first edition of the Sharjah Animation Conference. And I'm someone who loves animation. So for it to finally come here to the cultural capital of the United Arab Emirates is an absolute pleasure. And it's also my pleasure to introduce uh, one of our world, one of the world-renowned animators in the industry, Oliver Hyatt, the manager, director of the Blue, uh, Blue Zoo Productions, a multi BAFTA winning business that has created many popular brands for preschoolers with millions of views a day on his education programs and over 10 million subscribers on his YouTube channels. He has established himself as a prominent figure in the animation industry. Welcome to the show. Alan. Hi, how are you doing? Nice. Uh, I, I want to I ask you, this is your first time here in Sharjah, right? Yes. I got to ask your first impressions. Um, it's very, very different to what I'm used to. I've left England uh, and it was raining and <laughs> so I've come here and I appreciate this isn't as hot as it gets, but yeah, um, yeah it's, it, it's amazing. And it, it, I tell you what's really nice though, is you, uh, you arrive here and you arrive at the festival and the amount of children that are participating and like gl globally, a family is a family and children are children and they're their wonder and awe at everything that's going on here is exactly the same as it would be in the UK. And to say that the uh, first edition of the Sharjah Animation Conference uh, is a success, it's almost an understatement. You guys sold out all of the entry tickets and, and, and people registering to these workshops, uh, which are very exclusive. And I feel like it's because of that success, we might even get it another edition next year. But I want to ask about your personal experience with that conference and you being involved so it's amazing especially to have it in this region and seeing the people coming along so i've learned a lot about the industry over here um, i've kind of looked at it as kind of a ground zero it's the first year it's here um, there's great people from all around the world i've learned things in workshops but i also think it's like it's a good time to like look at the future and say how do we how do we grow this talent how do we grow this industry um, how, how does it become like a focus point for the region and for the world? I think you can achieve it, and I think it's got it's got a long way to go. But just you know, it's a what a great start! What a great start! Exactly. Uh, as someone who I I've been in media for some time here in the United Arab Emirates, I talk to a lot of people. I do my network, and I love filmmaking. And what I found out is that um, this place, at least in the Middle East, it's still a bit of a wilderness. Yep. You know, we're still trying to establish. Uh, you know, a prominent, you know, benchmark for not only in filmmaking, but now animation. And you come from a place where it's, industries are very established. And so to come here, it's almost like 
it's it's like the a new frontier for your, for I, your line I of work. I agree with you, but I would say we were in the same place as you uh, at a point. And so, so there was a point where not much stuff was getting made uh, in the UK after like the golden age of TV in the UK. Not much stuff was getting made. And then we had to fight to re-establish ourselves because again, like the main media players in the world are America, right? So we had to say, well, how are we going to compete with that? And what are we going to do? And and there were government levers, there was uh, investment, uh, and and, and it, it ends up being quite cyclical. So once the government invested, people came to use that money, and then people saw there were jobs in the industry, so p better people trained, and then the government saw that the industry was working, they put in more money, and it, it's kind of cyclical. And then you begin to own things, so like we own the shows we make, they make the government money, so they go, hang on, we can own things and sell things to other countries, and, and it all builds up. And so when I come here and see the start of things today, I can see that there can be a bright future if everybody, if there is the investment and the commitment to it. And I think that's what it takes. We've seen very good examples in recent history of other places stealing a bit of a march. So the Canary Islands. Canary Islands started from nowhere and they've they got incentives from their government and now they're flying. So which is why I'm all excited for future editions of the animation yeah. conference. There's so much potential in it. I can already envision um, the just what it could do for um, people of the art, people in the, in the creative industry who are looking for better opportunities. And I, I want to explore your YouTube channel, millions of views and a tremendous amount of engagement. But I, I want to ask your take because YouTube, the YouTube platform is very competitive, especially when you want to, uh, you know, compete against those children YouTube channels that um, admittedly some of them can end up producing something that's very lackluster or just very, you could tell the quality is not really there. Yes. It's like junk food. Yes, it is for, junk food. Yeah, yeah for the yeah. kids. How do you, how do you navigate that, that ecosystem? So, I mean, YouTube's essentially an algorithm, right? So we, we are playing the algorithm like everyone else, but what we are trying to do is add value. Um, so we're trying, to, we're trying to say, here is a learning path for a child. So in the UK, our learning path is on the BBC. That's where, it, that's where they get their learning. Um, they, don't, they don't tend to use the YouTube channel as much in the UK. Um, the rest of the world, we have all the episodes online. So a parent can go through and start at episode one where their child doesn't even know what a number is and work right the way through to the end where a child will, oh gosh, how far are we going at the moment, knows how to multiply, knows all the, all the, tech, all the complicated techniques, knows square numbers, knows prime numbers. They can take their child on that journey or they can leave their child to play in our playground. And that, that looks a little bit different. That can be mashup of episodes, that can be a focus on a number. And that tends to be like our compromise on that junk food. It's like, it's education, but but it's kind of Moorish education. Yeah, enriching, meaningful, yeah. something that really sticks. It, you know? For us, it's a kind of a, the, the gateway drug to education, which is nice, right? It's a nice gateway drug. It's not one of the bad ones. Exactly, especially in a time when uh, we have a tendency for instant gratification. We're very snappy in terms of our attention. So, you, you know, you got this generation of kids, these youngings who just eat up information and content like much faster than we do. And they absorb information probably better than we do. So, you know, it's, it's, it's insane to see what's going to happen in the foreseeable future and how people like you in the industry have to tackle those challenges to retain attention and bring value. So I want to ask you, now there's this surgence of AI-generated art, 
and I'm, I know many animators in the industry have this contention against it, but perhaps maybe you have a different mindset about this. Um, yeah, I think I do. I think at, at the moment, the way we're using it at work is we use it to like iterate quicker. So we we will we'll have some ideas and we'll input those images and we'll say, well, what does this look like? Blue. What would this look like with a? It never provides you with anything perfect. That's that's the thing. It prov can provide you with ideas. So we use it to like explore. Right. We okay. Two years ago, we just searched in Google. Uh, we need we're doing a show about ponies, right? Google ponies. Load of ponies come up. Wrong, brown ponies. Okay, we get the brown pony. Brown ponies with a girl riding it. Now in AI, we just say draw a brown pony with a girl one. It just gets us to that point quicker. It doesn't replace an artist, it doesn't replace the... It complements the existing tools. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And and then on the back end of our business, like if, if we want to make a contract adjustment, now we tell AI to like do the basis of it. It, it just saves me talking to like lawyers, which uh, everyone wants to be safe <laughs> talking to lawyers. So we use it for like different ways, but I don't think, I don't think in the short term, it's replacing artists. What we did do, which was amazing, we wrote an AI chatbot that thought it was Paddington Bear and would tell you what quantum physics was uh, as Paddington Bear, which obviously like he had a jar of marmalade which had uh, chunks of marmalade in it and uh, sometimes those chunks of marmalade would be so, but it's, am it's amazing. And, and we told Paddington Bear not to tell people it was AI, so it completely denied it if it was asking. So we have fun with it as well. We have silly fun with it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's scary times, but it's interesting. And uh, I, I know it's just gonna get crazier and faster than we ever, we ever expect. So I, I wanna ask you, for those who are in the, who, they're curious about the industry, they wanna go into animation, they wanna go into production, maybe they're starting up their YouTube channel for children, what is your personal advice to them? My personal advice is, uh, so follow your heart and your passion. So whatever your passion is for, uh, do it. But, but broader than that, I, I think lots of people consider like the art, arts as uh, there's, there's no financial reward or whatever, but really consider like the end goal. So could there be toys? Could there be something? And the sooner as individuals, people think the long game and the sooner the government can come on board with the long game, there are people making a lot of money out of our particular aspect of the art. And, and, it, and it is really good, wholesome money because our stuff is helping children. So I'm helping children and I'm making money. And I'm, you know. It's, it's the best of both worlds. It's the best of both worlds. It's not an either or. We're, um, as Blue Zoo, we're a B Corp company, which means we're socially responsible. But, but even within B Corp, profit's not a dirty word. And if you put the investment in now, put the investment in these great artists, I've seen some this week, um, then, then this, this the is, input is always yeah. going to be better. Yeah, the, the industry can fly, and and it, again, it's like this thing of like growth will bring growth, and it will it will grow. And it's, you know, we started. We've seen it here this week. We've started. Beautifully said, um, Oliver Height. Thank you for being here and being part of the animation conference. We hope to hopefully bring you next year for a second edition. Yes, he has grown. <laughs> you bring in you know your personal experience, new projects in the future. Um, if you want to know more about uh, Oliver, do visit uh, blue-zoo.co.uk. Uh, if you want to even you know reach out to them, maybe you're curious about the industry, maybe you have what it takes. I know Oliver looks like a good judge of character himself, <laughs> then be sure to check out the website. Again, Oliver, thank you so much for being no here. Thank you very much. All right, and uh, we're going to take a short break. Coming up next, we're just going to close the program by giving you guys a bit of highlights and what you guys can expect from the 14th edition of the Charger Children's Reading Festival, only here on Pulse 95.